0: welcome to a star witness hello everyone this is Kayla bringing another episode and before we get started as usual let's say a word of prayer so that the lord will be with us and lead and guide us as we talk and study of him with that let's bow our heads and close our eyes dear heavenly father lord thank you for all of your many mercies and for your love for us sinners lord you gave your life for us so that we might be saved lord i ask that you help your character to be in us so that we may be more like you and may be in heaven with you forever lord thank you for hearing our prayer thank you for leading us out of temptation thank you for giving us life and health bread clothes shelter all that you do for us lord all of the many wonderful blessings that you bestow upon us lord i ask that you help us as we study help us to be more like you help us to be a light that shines in the world around us help us to know how we should shine that light so that others may want to know more about you. Be with us today as we go about the day and do whatever it is we have to do. Thank you. And we ask all these things in your precious Holy Son's name. Amen. All right. So today I want to talk about what I believe many of us struggle with, and that's all of the problems in life (laughs) that we deal with, whether it's stress, whether it's depression, whether it's diet, whether it's anything. All of the problems we come in contact, how we handle a situation, all of these trials that come our way, is there a solution for us? Well, we talked about it in some of the podcasts before, and the answer is fairly simple. But saying and doing are two very different things. How do we get to the place where we do? Well, another question is, how do we get to a place where our first instinct is to hand build a situation, or whatever it might be, over to Christ? Well, it takes a lot of time and practice, that's for sure. And it takes us honing and persevering and doing it right away. Otherwise, we will not do it. What do I mean by this? Well, let me start at the beginning. What does it say in Matthew 11:28? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That's through verse 30. Now, this verse is full of very interesting promise to us. The Lord calls us to come to him with all of our problems we are weak and heavy laden cumbered with loads of care and it gets heavy we get bogged under life's problems we don't want to deal with all of this stress we can't handle it and we will never be able to handle it alone but jesus says to take it to him for he will give you rest for he is the one who is meek and lowly in heart, not us, because the Bible tells us that our hearts are wicked and deceitful above all else. Desperately wicked, we can't trust our own hearts. But we can find rest, and only that rest, true rest, comes from the Lord. And it will make our burden light and easy. Sometimes in life we are so caught up in our problems that we don't go to the Lord. And we think it's so hard hard to bear. And in many instances, if we had the option of going through someone else's problems and struggles, we think it would be better. But if we really stepped into those person's shoes, we would realize that their problems are just as hard as ours. We would actually want our own back because at least we know what we're getting into. We don't even know the background story of these other people's problems. Unlike ours, we know what we're getting into and we know how to handle it because we've either been there before or we know our background history. We know what we're capable of handling. And so does the Lord. That's why he says that with every temptation comes a way of escape if we go to him. Now, there's an interesting story that I wanted to share of this pastor that had a dream one night in this dream he saw all of his parishioners carrying around crosses and he called out to one of his elders and he asked where everyone was going with the crosses and he replied that they were carrying their crosses and that he should pick up his cross and follow them to find out where they were going So the pastor went to the side of the church, and lo and behold, there was a cross for him. And it was the largest cross of all of the other crosses. He saw some people who had tiny crosses, some who had medium size. There were people who had different size crosses, but his was the biggest and heaviest. Well, he picked it up, and he began to carry it. And he started getting weighed down by the cross. And he decided it wouldn't hurt for him to cut off just a bit of his cross. So he got out of sight and he cut about an inch off of his cross well he kept going down the road and it eventually led him to this place where he saw everyone was ahead of him and they were putting their cross over this gap in the road and the road would expand or deplete according to the size of the cross that the person had carried well he was kind of nervous when he saw that because he as he had been going along his journey he had been cutting off a inch here and an inch there and and finally it came time to his turn and he saw that the gap became larger and larger and his cross would never cross over the gap because he had cut off all of those inches and he wanted to get it across. For across the gap was Jesus himself. He turned to see if he could ask someone for a new cross, one that would fill the gap. And an angel was there and told him that he had his cross, but he did not want the trials or suffering that came with it, for he had kept cutting off his cross. The angel told him that he had more responsibility because he was in charge of all of his congregation, the lives of his people. Well, when the pastor realized this, he of course wanted forgiveness and he asked for forgiveness and all of a sudden he woke up with a start. And he realized that it was all a dream, but he also realized the weight of responsibility that was on his shoulders. He repented to God for lacking the strength and for wanting to get those burdens off in the first place. And he asked the Lord to help him carry those burdens in the future. And this is what we must do. Jesus is offering to take our yoke and to take that burden from us if we let him. Will we let him take that yoke though is the question. When those trials come, when those tribulations knock at our door, will we go to him and ask him for help? Because if we give him our yoke, he promised that our burden would be light. He gives us his burden instead and his burden is nothing but life because he already paid the penalty and he already had the cost so that is why we must pray to him and go to him take our burdens to him right away when we're feeling the troubles and sorrows that come our way we need to go and ask him to take up our yoke it says in rh september 16th 1890 paragraph 7 jesus invites you in words that touch the heart with their compassionate love and pity he says come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn of me for i am meek and lonely in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light have you experienced this blessed rest or do you slight this invitation to make a confidant of jesus do you pour out your trials and grievances into human ears do you go for help to those who cannot give you rest and neglect the loving call of the mighty saviour have faith in god believe in the precious promises go to jesus in childlike simplicity and say lord i have borne these burdens as long as i can and now i lay them upon the burden bearer do not gather them up again but leave them all with jesus go away free for jesus has set you free he said i will give you rest take him at his word Instead of your own galling yoke of care, wear the yoke of Christ. He says, My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Learn of him, for he is meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. He is the light of the world, and he declares, He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You can show to the world that there is power in the religion of Christ. jesus will help those who seek him with all their hearts to overcome the world the flesh and the devil when you follow the light walking in the path of truth you will reflect the rays of glory and be like a city set upon a hill that cannot be hid. When the books of remembrance shall be open, your words, your deeds of love, will be acceptable before God. Your robes, washed in the blood of the Lamb, will be spotless. The righteousness of Christ will be put upon you, and you will be given a new, immortal name. That's found in RH, September sixteenth, 1890, paragraph 8. These are beautiful words, and here are the keys given to us to help us to leave all of those burdens on him we must go to him in childlike simplicity we must have faith in the promises of god and believe in them and we must not pick them up again after we've laid them at the feet of jesus we can go to friends who are in the faith and ask them to pray for us that we may leave the burdens at jesus that we're going through the hard time and that we need prayer that is what good friendship is all about when you can go to someone and ask them to pray and they pray with you and they ask for strength and encouragement from the lord these are wonderful words of encouragement that jesus has given us again in ph 164 34.1 it says take my yoke upon you christ said as in human nature he lived and worked upon this earth constantly he wore the yoke of submission meeting the difficulties that human beings must meet bearing the trials that they must bear the enemy will continually assail us as he assailed christ bringing against us strong temptation. But for every one there is a way of escape. Take my yoke upon you, Christ says, and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This verse is such a strong promise to us that we do not have to face the enemy alone. The enemy is going to come against us with everything he has, but we can fight against him with the power of Christ on our side. We do not have to go this alone. His burden is light and easy. How often do we come into contact with people that are not happy because they have the cares of the world upon them? And this is exactly what R.H. September 22, 1891, paragraph 5 says. It says, How often do we come in contact with people who are never happy? See, she says it right there. They fail of enjoying the contentment and peace that Jesus can give. They profess to be Christians, but they do not comply with the conditions upon which the promise of God is fulfilled. Jesus said, Come unto me. And she repeats the verse the reason why many are in a state of unrest is that they are not learning in the school of the master the submissive self-sacrificing child of god understands by experience what it is to have the peace of christ true followers of christ know that they must take his yoke share his trials carry his burdens but they do not feel like complaining for the meekness and loneliness of christ makes the yoke easy and the burden light we need to be submissive and self-sacrificing that means we need to give up everything in our lives that we love the sins of the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes the pride of life all of that needs to go away we need to give it away happily because christ has a better land for us he has a better home prepared for us he wants us to be with him forever that means not complaining when trials and tribulations come our way these things are preparing our character for the time of trouble that is coming but christ says that he can make our weaknesses go away it is his strength that will be on us peace i give unto you my peace i leave unto you not as the world giveth give i unto you so let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid for where i am there ye may be also says the bible i love the promise in first peter five seven where it says casting all your cares upon him for he careth for you that is such a beautiful promise we can give all of our cares to the lord it says in Pp two ninety four point one do we well to be thus unbelieving why should we be ungrateful and distrustful jesus is our friend all heaven is interested in our welfare and our anxiety and fear grief the Holy Spirit of God. We should not indulge in a solicitude that only frets and wears us, but does not help us to bear trials. No play should be given to that distress of God which leads us to make preparation against future want the chief pursuit of life. As though our happiness consisted in these earthly things, it is not the will of God that his people should be weighed down with care but our lord does not tell us that there are no dangers in our path he does not propose to take his people out of the world of sin and evil but he points us to a never-failing refuge he invites the weary and care-laden come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest lay off the yoke of anxiety and worldly care that you have placed on your own neck and take my yoke upon you and learn of me for i am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls ye may find rest and peace in god casting all your care upon him for he careth for us. There is a hole in every person's heart, a space that needs to be filled, but this space can only be filled with one thing, this void that everybody wants to fill up, and they try to with the things of the world, they try to with money, they try to with power and positions, they try to with love of family or significant others or friends, love of themselves. But well, they still feel unfulfilled. They feel something is missing. So they try looking it in adventure or traveling or whatever it might be. Loving your family and friends and significant other isn't wrong. And loving traveling isn't wrong. But loving those things above the Lord and not having a Lord in your heart is what's wrong. The space that they're trying to fill is only one Jesus can fill. It is so full of emptiness that they try to figure it out in all the wrong places. Though people won't admit that that space can only be filled with the love of God, but they try to fill it with all of these other things. But God sends His Holy Spirit to try to convict their hearts so that they see their need in Him. But people don't want to admit it at first. Some do admit it and they see the light and they finally see what they've been searching for. Like the woman at the well. She was searching for the truth. She wanted to know what else was out there. And Jesus was like, you can find it in me where you don't have to worry about the things of the world anymore. Love me. You're seeking for all of these things in the wrong places, but I can give you water and you'll never thirst again. He wasn't talking about actual real water. He was talking about spiritual water, spiritual bread, the things we can find in the word of the Lord by loving him, by giving up ourselves so that we might, find rest unto salvation a rest that will see us in heaven that we don't ever have to worry about anything in the world harming us or hurting us ever again and we need to humble our souls it says in one s m three twenty six point two how mistaken are those who imagine that confession of sin will detract from their dignity and lessen their influence among their fellow men clinging to this erroneous idea though seeing their faults many fail to confess them but rather pass by the wrongs they have done others so embittering their own lives and shadowing the lives of others. It will not hurt your dignity to confess your sins. Away with this false dignity. Fall on the rock and be broken and christ will give you the true and heavenly dignity let not pride self-esteem or self-righteousness keep any one from confessing his sin that he may claim the promise he that covereth his sins shall not prosper but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy proverbs twenty eight thirteen keep nothing back from god and neglect not the confession of your faults to your brethren Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. James 5.16 Many a sin is left unconfessed to confront the sinner in the day of final account. Better far to confront your sins now, to confess them and put them away, while the atoning sacrifice pleads in your behalf. Do not fail to learn the will of God on this subject, the health of your soul and the salvation of others depends upon the course you pursue in this matter. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. 1 Peter 5:6 and 7 The humble and broken heart can appreciate something of the love of God and the cross of Calvary. Ample will be the blessing experienced by him who meets the condition by which he may become a partaker of the favor of God. Right here, we're given a warning that if we do not confess our faults first, one to another, if we have wronged somebody, or if we have done something that is not according to the law and to the testimony, then... We cannot do what is necessary. We cannot truly follow Christ. Only the humble. And that is part of what is casting our cares upon him. Casting our burdens to taking the yoke of Christ. Part of that is confessing our sins. Not only the sins that we commit to others, but the faults that we commit to just between God and him. What we do in secret. So if you feel like you hurt somebody or you know that you hurt somebody and they said, hey, you really hurt my feelings by what you said or what you did. It is our duty and obligation as a Christian to go to that person and say, hey, I'm really sorry that what I said or did hurt you. I never meant it to come across that way. Here's what I really meant. Or explain it how you truly meant it. And if that person cannot accept your sincere apology, then the fault is on them now. You did your part. But by going to them and talking it out, like Matthew 18 says, then we must confess our sins to them seeking to ask for forgiveness that is part of what we need to do to humble ourselves true humility and yes sometimes it's hard especially when we don't think that we're in error especially when we only see our side of the story it's hard to humble ourselves and take the first step and say hey listen i am sorry i shouldn't have acted this way i shouldn't have said the things that i said or i shouldn't have done the things that i've done and if it's just a sin between you and the Lord, then. You need to go and confess it to him and say, I am sorry, I shouldn't have done this. I gave into my weak flesh. I gave into sin. Please, Lord, help us. And when we surrender our hearts to God, he will renew us and sanctify us. He will give us a new heart and we will become a new creature, just like the Bible promises. And that is a wonderful promise indeed that is found in Ezekiel 36 26 where it says a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you an heart of flesh this is a beautiful promise that we can give over our stony hearts that is full of wickedness and get a new heart that is full of god's love for us that is why it's so important to go to him to give up of ourselves he will help you to confess our sins to humble ourselves he will help us to overcome temptations and trials that may come our way whether it's giving up an idol or uh doing things differently in our lives or whether it's diet, clothes, whether it's uh, it, any sin that we have a struggle with or anything that we are struggling with, whether it's depression or anything like that, the Lord can help us overcome. And he's given these promises to us so that we can cling on to them, that we can fall on the rock and be broken and that Christ can live in us and dwell in us. He is the rock of ages. We need to cling to him We need not let our own pride get in the way. The Bible says a pride goeth before a fall. And that is so true. And sometimes we have to learn the hard way by things happening in our lives that we regret later on. And we need to learn from those mistakes. Like the Bible says, a righteous man falls seven times but a fool never rises ask the lord to help pick us up dust off ourselves from what we did confess our sins and move forward in the lord with the lord's help we cannot do this alone i want to read this poem I fell in love with this poem the moment I read it, and it is so great. It's called Footprints in the Sand. Some of you may be familiar with it. Somebody wrote this poem. It's unknown, as far as I know. It goes like this. One night, I dreamed a dream, as I was walking along the beach with my lord. Across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand one belonging to me and one to the lord after the last scene of my life flashed before me i looked back at the footprints in the sand i noticed that at many times along the path of my life especially at the very lowest and saddest times there was only one set of footprints this really troubled me so i asked the lord about it lord you said once i decided to follow you you'd walk with me all the way but i noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times of my life there was only one set of footprints i don't understand why when i needed you the most you would leave me he whispered my precious child i love you and i will never leave you never ever during your trials and testings when you saw only one set of footprints it was then that i carried you that is so Great. I love that because it is true. It is during our darkest, most troubling times that the Lord carries us through those hard trials and tribulations and sets us down when things are going better. But we must go to Him in order for Him to carry us through those trials. When troubles come, we need to go to the lord there are so many beautiful hymns that tell us the same thing over and over in the bible it tells us peter experienced the same problem and lack of faith when. Jesus came and was walking on the water beside the boat. And Peter saw that he was walking on water. And it was like, hey, Lord, let me come and do what you're doing. And the Lord's like, well, keep your eyes on me and you come unto me. So Peter starts to come. But then he takes his eyes off of Jesus and he looks down and he starts sinking beneath the waves. And so he cries out for help and he's like, Lord, save me and what does the lord do he comes and he walks up to peter and he holds out his hand and he pulls peter up with him and then they walk back to the boat together that is a beautiful story even when peter doubted and looked away from the lord the lord was still with him waiting for his cry of help that is what the lord does for us as well he is there for us always we just have to be willing to cry to him and go to him for help far better would it be for us to keep our eyes continually on the lord then for us to lose sight of him and lose our way to begin we need to keep our eyes on jesus look full in his wonderful face for the things of earth are faintly dim and that is why we must keep our eyes on jesus at all times the author and finisher of our faith who goes before us and knows the way he knows how to keep us out of temptation he's the only one that can help us for the devil is going to do whatever he can and he's been watching us he's been watching human race since the beginning and he knows exactly what gets people to fall away from the lord it isn't easy to follow in the pathway there are trials that is why i really enjoyed the book pilgrim's progress because it showed in an allegory that the problems that christians go through Christian faced in the book dragons and a dark forest and many other things giants and things like that and they were a parable of things that we as christians face in real life we face sometimes a huge trial or tribulation whether it's something that terrible to happen, like a death of a loved one, which is really sad. We're struggling against giving up something in our life, and it could be anything. You get my point. Whatever the circumstances might be, whether it's big or small, we must go to the Lord. We must put on the armor of light all around us so that we can go through these things and know that the Lord will be with us to the end, no matter what that end might be. One last quote. It's from Bible Echo, March 1st, 1893, paragraph it says then let us take each day's cares and sorrows and trials to jesus casting all our care upon him for he careth for us let us begin each day as if it were the last we should pass upon earth and continuing in prayer let us live in such a way that we may ask god at its close to bless our efforts and influence through connection with christ through acceptance of his righteousness by faith we may work the works of god and become laborers together with christ he will bestow upon us heavenly gifts that will satisfy the deepest cravings of the heart if you come to him as little children completing God's promises, making them your own, you will receive fullness of joy and have a foretaste of eternal blessedness. That is a powerful promise and it is so reassuring that you know that the Lord will be with you and give you that fullness of joy, that peace. These are the things that the people of the world without Jesus are craving and it is our job to show them what they are missing. We must be willing to sacrifice everything jesus gave up everything for us and we should do it not because we feel the obligation to do so but because we love him and once we have love for him and that love inside of our heart that love spills forth, and we want to share it with others and that is exactly why the lord says to go and share that light with the world because he knows that once that joy is in us it will spill over and we will have it going forth and
1: people will come up to us
0: and be like, what is it about you that is different? I can't put my finger on it, but there's just something about you. Do you know a secret that I don't? Or they'll word it different ways, trust me. But I've had people come up to me and be like, say things to me like, oh, not many people go around just the way that you do or act the way that you do. Why is that? And that is your opportunity to witness to them and share with them why you are the way that you are. And that could be a stepping stone, just the little water of the plant and you never know what it leads to by handing them that great controversy, that steps to Christ. Those people need the words. They need to know of the Redeemer. That is why she says the desire of ages should be in every home, because within it, it holds the life of Christ. And that is a beautiful story to share indeed. I thought this song went really well with this topic. I'm actually going to sing two songs. One is really short. It's from First Peter 5-7, and I really love this song. It goes, I cast
1: all my cares upon You. I lay all my burdens down at Your feet, and any time I don't know what to do, I will cast all my cares upon you. I'll lay all my burdens down at your feet, and any time I don't know what to do, I will cast all my cares
0: upon you. I want to cast all of my cares, all of my burdens upon the Lord so that I am full of Jesus' love and his burden is on me. I don't want to carry the cares of the world on my shoulders because I get weighed down by them. That is why I want to give them to Jesus so that the cares of this world and the things that are going on in my life don't seem so bad because I know that with Christ with me and for me, He will see me through, just like the woman at the well found out, like I said before, which is why I chose this song. Like the woman
1: at the well I was seeking For things that could not satisfy And then I heard my Savior speaking, draw from my well that never shall run dry Fill my cup, Lord I lift it up, Lord Come and quench this thirsting of my soul Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up, and make me whole. There are millions in this world who are seeking help My blessed Lord will come and save you, if you kneel to him and humbly pray. Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me to my want
0: I want that for myself, and I want that for all of you who will listen to this that are under the sound of my voice. Please continue to pray for me as I pray for you, and remember what it says in Matthew 5:16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And with that being said, let your light shine so that you are a star witness for the Lord.